0: Politics without the soap opera, with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and minimans, standing at the ready to fight for our life, our liberty, our property. Here on this momentous Friday, the day that will live on in infamy. And certainly, every day is a good day to fight for liberty, but today is the best one. Life, liberty, and property. Life, in particular. God is not done with us yet. He's not. The question is are we going to reach out and take yes for an answer and grasp His gift, His grace, His forgivingness? We don't deserve this kindness. God is giving us a lifeline. You know, when they came out of Constitution Hall with a new Constitution, the legend goes whether it's true or not. A woman asked Benjamin Franklin, Well, what have we got, Doctor? And he supposedly said, A republic, if you can keep it. Well, today we have a lifeline from God, if you can keep it. Look, I can get up here and exclusively say I'm shedding tears this is the greatest day in the history of humanity. Life is good. It's a great time to be alive. Uh, a right to guns, but not a to carry, but not a right to abortion. Based on the decisions from the past two days, and a red wave coming of Republicans and Mitch McConnell is the greatest man alive for having such a great strategy. This is a reaffirmation of everything that the conservative movement fought for, and shows that it, it's paid off. It's paid dividends. Everything we're facing doesn't exist, but I know that you guys when you tune into me, you're expecting something a little different and it's not that I'm any less optimistic in fact, and, and excited. In fact, I would argue as always, I am giving you the true North, the true excitement because the most optimistic outlook and analysis is the truth. And what you don't want, it, it's great to celebrate, to go into this weekend um, to celebrate these two court opinions, one on guns, one on abortion. But we're more celebrating not our actions because our actions suck and they have, and the conservative movement sucks. God has given us a lifeline. That's what it is. Will we distract or will we use that as a lifeline, use that lifeline to go on And actualize and reap the benefits of those two issues, but then learn the lessons and apply them to everything else that matters even more, unfortunately, in the time we're living in. Because the pro-life battles we have today are even greater than what we had back when Roe was crafted. So I'm going to give you two sides of a coin and some of it might sound like I'm very up. Some of it might sound like I'm pouring a little water on it. But it's all one point. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm not going to leave you in suspense. The outcome is very simple. These are great opportunities. They're great, you know, justice in itself. The Dobbs opinion, the Bruin opinion on right to carry. But it's what we make of it that really matters. God through these Supreme Court opinions, has given us the football, reclaiming possession of the ball. Are we going to dance around with it and do nothing, or are you going to take it and march it into the end zone? That's what I'm always there for, to guide, let's stay focused, while we are celebrating this momentous occasion. Now, first, our sponsor today, you know, while we are all in a good mood today, Something else that puts me in a good mood is getting my monthly shipment from Battle Box. It's kind of like a grown man's toy store. Okay, I love outdoor gear. I love camping. I love quality camping supplies, but they're often expensive. But if you signed up for a Battle Box and it finds you in the mail, you are getting name brand high quality every month for half the price. They have great Aquapod emergency water kits. Um, Atomic Bear Survival bivvies. I love their flashlights and their outdoor stoves. Um, my kids go and steal all my stuff now. But um, it's 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 amazing, amazing stuff. They've shipped over 1 million boxes since 2015. Uh, they've been featured everywhere from the New York Times to Survivor's Edge. Find out why outdoor enthusiasts call BattleBox the best gear I never knew I wanted. <laughs> Sign up, receive, survive, what are you waiting for? Don't miss another BattleBox mission. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and sign up at trybattlebox.com conservative, and you get a free mystery box worth $115 plus with any new subscription. That is the best man's toys you'll ever get. Free mystery box, $115 right now at trybattlebox.com conservative. That's trybattlebox.com conservative. Okay, so to start things out, just to frame the idiosyncratic times we live in, on the one hand, on the same day, on Thursday, we have the courts, including John Roberts himself joined six to three, that there's a categorical right to carry, right? That that opinion, I must admit, is much more categorical than I ever thought we were going to get out of that New York case, but it was categorical. The Republicans, 15 Republicans and really more would have supported it if they needed their votes, voted a couple hours later on Thursday. By now, it's forgotten news because of the Dobbs opinion for the first gun control measures in 30 years. And as I've mentioned, it's worse than gun control. It's really more First Amendment, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, basically giving the DOD or DOJ. A new permanent streamline of billions of funding to red flag people they don't like. And we know exactly what they're going to do. So on the one hand, we're winning more than ever. On the other hand, the Republicans don't take yes for an answer. They take no for an answer. Okay? Think about that. John Roberts and, and wrote a categorical opinion. And by the way, this wasn't just a legal opinion they actually got into the nitty-gritty of the gun violence arguments because that was a big part of the dissent. So that's what Thomas dealt with um, in his opinion, Alito and his concurrence in particular. And yet Republicans couldn't hold the line that even John Roberts did. So that's the opinion there. I want to get back to guns, but we're going to focus obviously more on today. It's the bigger of the two. Then on the same day, we have you know, what people consider the most momentous political occasion they've ever envisioned. Never thought they'd live to see the day. I certainly never thought, I will admit, I predicted when the Mississippi case got up through the court system, they would, would reverse, um, or not reverse, but uphold the ban on a 15-week uh, ban on abortion, and then maybe we'd kind of whittle it down from there. Some of the other things, reverse Hellerstat... On regulations on the actual clinics, but I never thought we'd have a carte blanche full repeal of Roe. And not just reverse all the opinion, but you look at uh, Alito's opinion, and it really reverses everything, all the jurisprudence that Roe and many similar bad opinions were built upon, creating a standard that you can't just have BS rights created out of the 14th Amendment whole cloth, which is basically what the left has been doing for over half a century, and certainly accelerating recently, but no, any right to assert it, that it has to be subject to, uh, to, that a state's action against it has to be subject to strict scrutiny, has to be deeply rooted in history and tradition, and that pretty much, you know boxes out everything the left wants to do because everything they want to do is antithetical to history and tradition and most of it hasn't existed until a few years ago. So it's an unbelievable day. And even Kavanaugh and Barrett, you know, all them, they were categorical. And even Roberts categorically joined in the opinion on the judgment of the Mississippi case. He says he opposes going this far. So this is an unbelievable time. On the same day, we have Robbie Starbuck, who was a candidate for office in Tennessee, and they kicked him off the ballot. He posted, and I'm getting information on this story, a six-month-old being denied a kidney transplant, a heart transplant, because the doctor said you don't want to get the shots right now that they were unleashed on us. That is the new Holocaust. That is the new abortion. That is the new pro-life, except in this case, you can't avoid it. God-fearing people, people in this audience don't plan on getting abortions. It never affected them. Not saying it's not immoral and we shouldn't fight for it, and we did fight for it. But are we going to fight as hard as we did on that battle now that because Roe, 50 years ago, imbued this cult of death, of eugenics, in the left that is now manifested in biomedical tyranny and transhumanism, the worst forms of discrimination and apartheid, are we going to fight just as hard? Well, in fact, these same Republicans and conservative commentators that are like, this is the best day in life, what a time to be alive, they're downright supporting this or are apathetic, indifferent to it. Doesn't take away from the beauty of this opinion. But here's one of the most important punchlines you're going to take away from me that, that you need everywhere. Why is it that we are living in the worst time ever, that on every other issue, we are worse off than we were even under Obama? We're worse off on every fiscal issue, demographic issue, immigration, foreign policy, culture, grooming, and then obviously all the COVID fascism, biomedical tyranny Privacy, rights, everything. It's horrible. Yet on two issues, we've consistently done better politically and now even in the courts. Guns and abortion. And the lesson is quite simple. You know what I'm going to say because you guys are smart. Those are the only two issues that we actually had a substantial enough focused movement to never give up To never agree to the premise of the other side, regardless of what the Republicans in the Senate did, but generally, you know, with guns, but generally speaking, we held the line. We demanded nothing less of it. We made them a litmus test. And the courts, as you well know, the Republican judges are a a reflection of the Republican elected politicians. It's not a matter of the jurisprudence, what's legally consistent and constitutional statutory interpretation. It's political will. Because as you and I both know, 50 other opinions should fall based on what they wrote with Roe, with, that a right has to be rooted in history and tradition by a factor of 10. But it's this one that they know the movement demands. It's this one that the movement itself built a culture behind it and moved the needle in the polling and politically because we didn't agree to the premise, we fought back against it. The lesson is you will enjoy... Any right or any substantive good policy that you fight for up until the extent that you are willing to fight for it. What you don't fight for it, what you don't demand, you will not get. And that is the lesson. God will give us endless opportunities. I've said before, commensurate with how dark it is. After every sunset, well, eventually there's a sunrise, there's a pendulum. Because usually there's pushback, the left, you know, because of the darkness that they've unleashed, there's a reawakening, there's overreach that people react to, and every day there's opportunities to fight for what's right. When we never see it coming, God's grace, you know, we don't deserve it, we've sinned so much, we've Brought so much immorality to this country. God always blessed America more than any other country. We all know that. We all agree to that. Everything from natural resources, prosperity, strength, military strength, because of our our, our values. Yet we've turned away from him. But for some reason, God's not done with us yet. We have to take that ball that was reclaimed, possession of that ball, and we have to march it in. We have to fight as diligently and as hard. For example, on medical fascism, that is the new pro-life. That's the new battleground. Okay? That is, that is the reality. And in many ways, not in many ways, in all ways, it is worse than abortion. And again, that's why two years ago, I would have like, you would have had to put me on uh, some sort of sedation to control my elation from this ruling. It's a little bit tempered, obviously, just because of what I'm dealing with At a pers- personally trying to fight this. The ho- horrific stories I'm hearing from people, literally Fourth Reich type of stuff, eugenics, straight up. They're now aborting live-born people with this stuff. They're sterilizing people with these shots. Nobody's fighting back against it. The beauty of the abortion issue, partly why over the last few years I haven't focused a lot on it, is just because we had enough people doing it, and it worked. I tend to focus more on what we need strengthening for because no one else is focusing on it. But again, what we have now are forced abortions. They are forcing death shots on people. They are denying treatment. They're forcing bad treatment, self-spreading vaccines. Um, Stuff that I probably don't even know about, but that's already being implemented. We need to fight that. And I am working on a number of projects and ideas that's going to be the ultimate pro-life project that addresses this. But for now, the celebration is, wow, God shows us that nothing if you have justice and truth and biblical values on your side, nothing is unachievable. So when everyone says, oh, Daniel, that, that, that's not politically viable. We can't do that. We can't do this. We can't do this. Oh, vaccines are untouchable. That, that's what I'm hearing. You know, um, a, a friend of mine who's in the Virginia legislature told me that basically from the governor, Yunkin on down, it's like, look, I oppose mandates, but vaccines are awesome any type, any amount, no matter what, no matter how, it's all good. It's all good. That is our new battleground. That's what we need to fight, and what this shows you is that when you have the facts on your side, when you have justice on your side, and you then and then with that, you have God's divine guidance and providence, it's unlimited what you can accomplish. And... I must say there was more support for abortion than for what the left is doing to us today, which downright, from the get-go, has a majority against it. From the get-go, they're getting crushed in the election. So if we were able to overturn what was once very, you know, relatively popular, it always had a very strong minority against it. But an irate, relentless minority turns into a majority. That is the lesson of the 50-year battle against Roe v. Wade. And we can't stop there. We need to learn those lessons. We need to apply it to other issues. And I want to get back to this point and come around. But I first want to start with one point before I forget, which I think is, I've mentioned this in May when we thought the Dobbs ruling would come out. We had the leaked draft. And I'm going to say it again because I believe it is the most important observation. You know, we could sit and delve into the Uh, ruling and the politics around it and the writings um, the majority opinion the concurrence the dissent I haven't had time obviously to read it It just came out even to gauge the reaction to it it just came out but I must say that what I don't want to me and and maybe this is happening maybe they're going to do this without me pushing it but the most important thing we must call for is for state legislatures in red states to immediately convene and ban abortion. So, the deal is this. The deal is, as you well know, the worst position to be in politically is to come out from behind the bushes with a gun that you're going to shoot, and then you don't shoot. So you're not behind the defensive position, but you didn't go on offense yet, and you allure in opposition, Okay, it's kind of the picture of suboptimal antibodies, you know, with viral immune escape. It's the worst of all. It makes the virus worse. And that's generally what the GOP is. The GOP is one big suboptimal antibody that's strong enough to bind but not strong enough to neutralize. So you elicit a very ferocious reaction from the left, but you don't actually go go in offense, so you get destroyed. What you... The 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 problem that people need to understand is that most state legislatures, particularly the red ones, are not in session now. Okay, in other words, there there are some full time legislators that are you know kind of in session twelve months a year on and off, like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, New York, California. But most of the states where we have a trifecta, or Republicans have a trifecta, so they're not in session. Arizona is in session. There might be one or two others, uh, but most of them are not in session. What you cannot have happen now is we sit and debate abortion in the abstract. We debate the veracity of the opinion, the politics of the court, the future of the court in the abstract. But then Democrats are able to build opposition for six months while we do nothing and wait till January, February for the legislators to get back in session. And then we, you know, and, and, and then we hesitate. That's what it always is. What, you, what we've learned from Florida is that you don't debate, you don't warn. You do exactly what Republicans just did on gun control. It was like, there's no way Republicans would sign on to that. After 30 years, we have such a strong movement. The states have all gotten better on the issue. And boom, they just bring it out. Done. Within a day, day or two, voted on. Done. That's what we need to do on this issue. There's no... There's already saturation level opinions on this. You're not going to have a win anything in a debate. Do it. Make it like it's a fait accompli. It's done. As I I spoke about this when we knew the opinion would, would happen in May, I said, look, it's great for justice. It's great that red states, we need to wash our hands of it, that we don't have the stain of the sin on our hands. At the end of the day, practically anyone in this day and age who is, despite the technology, the 3D imagery of the sonograms, they're still doing that type of stuff. They're still committed to it. They'll drive, in most parts of the country, you'll be within a few hours at most, of a blue state, and they'll get it. Practically on net, you're not going to reduce it that much through this. That's, that's just the reality. It's going to transfer all those abortions to the blue states. The blue states and the NGOs and all the woke virtue signaling, you know, BLM, vaccine, um, rainbow jihad, Ukraine supporting corporations. And they've already announced that Amazon has announced that they're going to put in millions of dollars into abortion tourism um, the blue States are going to fund it. And there's nothing you can do about it, about it. They're going to do it. They're 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 going to fund it. The NGOs are going to fund it. The private businesses are going to fund it. And, and that's the reality. That's the reality. There's only one thing left to be done, and that is don't dance like Leon Lett did in the 1993 Super Bowl when he had the ball in his hand and didn't yet get in the end zone. Take it, run it in the end zone, right? Because the Supreme Court didn't ban abortion. They said we're not going to interfere with states that want to do it, so you got to go and do it. I'm just warning you, those states are not in session. The governors need to call them back in session in most states. A lot of states, you could you could reconvene with two-thirds of both chambers agreeing to get back in. You're going to have a lot of these guys, as much as they say they're pro-life, reluctant to do it. They got to do it. Now, what, so that's the first action item. Do it. Now, once we do it, we have to be done with it. I don't want to see continuing to piss around with somehow trying to like block people from going to a blue state or giving the death penalty to a mother who tries to do like that's going to be overreach. That's already going to look like we're trying to do what the left is doing at, you know, to, to control people. Oh, you know, over in a, in an overly burdensome way at a time when we're trying to push medical freedom. Then, then we need to take the victory. And the beauty is both the gun and the abortion issues, the two issues that the dirtbag Republicans have used to screw us on every other issue that matters when it matters at the time it matters, and they'll always focus on those two, the good thing is this should take those issues off the table. Done. Let's take it off the table, take the victory, we're done. There's nothing really more to do on those two issues. You know, for the most part. We're more pro-gun than ever, Yes, we have, yet we have fewer rights than we've ever had. Okay? We are more anti-abortion than ever, clearly. We overturn Roe, and yet our country is the least pro-life and the most pro-death it has ever been. If you look at what is going on with the shots, with the denial of treatment, the transhumanism, and, and we're just getting started. The future framework, if we have time, we'll get into that today. That is where our focus needs to be. Ban it. Ban it swiftly. There's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to debate. There's nothing more to rub in. End it. You can't do it in the red states. The die is going to be cast. But we have red states now that are literally pushing shots that will kill many more people than the abortions. And unlike the abortions, these things are not optional. And a minimum, there's no enlightened consent, so a lot of people are going to get them. And if we don't stop it now, it will be forced. And frankly, we're rapidly approaching the time where it's going to be moot anyway. Because it, imagine if you had a, 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 a self-spreading abortion, that somehow you could have technology to abort someone else's baby. Well, I have news for you. They have that. And that's called the lipid nanoparticles, mRNA, self-spreading, shedding. That could absolutely do that. To the extent to which it does it to people who don't get it, now yeah, we don't know, but it, the technology is there and conceivably these shots could do that. But absolutely, the ones they have down the pipeline will do that. And yet we, are, we have no movement. We're not even 1% up that mountain to getting even the most conservative Republicans on board with this. So that's where the focus needs to be. God is telling us He wants us to fight for life. Go do it. Okay? Take the victory, take the win, celebrate it, have an extra beer. Let's stay focused. And first again, we have to make sure we get the victory. Now, I I I know you did have Oklahoma, maybe one other state that did pass a bill. They actually did pass one in session that somehow made an abortion ban contingent on the, the Dobbs ruling. So I have to look at the mechanics of that. Presumably, if I'm correct, it should mean that, as of today, abortions are banned in Oklahoma. Um, I know some people will think I'm a squish and disagree with me, but I will I will say, I do also believe do it swiftly, do it immediately, do it categorically, but don't overreach. Okay, there's too much riding on this. There's too much we have to focus on. Voters are coming our way. Don't needlessly turn people off by obsessively debating rape and incest. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Okay, we we all agree that a woman's raped, you know, killing the baby doesn't, doesn't solve it. Kill the rapist, not the baby. I agree with that. I, I just, given the sensitivity of it and the limited application of it, it's not worth giving them that issue and making it all about that. That's my personal opinion in, in a practical sense. Um, but, you know, people take my advice or dispose of it as needed. But that's where we are. Let's fight on o- other issues the way we did on this. But just know that every other issue that matters today, Republicans are on the other side, and that includes the more robust issue of, of, of being pro-life, okay? We have the future framework coming out. We, 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 we Well, before I get to the future framework, we now have studies out both on the, the the trial participants of Moderna and Pfizer, following them up, all cause mortality, all cause hospitalization. On both of those, we now have studies showing there were more death and hospitalizations on net among those in the trial than the placebo. That is straight up a death shot. We now know that the shots are creating a perpetual cycle of inject and infect of viral immune escape, more contagious variants. There are questions that maybe as Omicron keeps evolving, it it is getting more pathogenic. The media is saying that my doctors kind of disagree for now, the ones I speak to, but certainly you look at Portugal, you look at Israel, there it's not just a you know a case demic. There's a lot of hospitalizations, a lot of breathing problems from COVID. There's something wrong with that. Okay? We have no, we have an entire army on the abortion issue. We have an entire army on the gun issue. We don't have that army on the issue that matters more because its magnitude is greater. Its depth of technology and evil is boundless. I mean, say what you want about abortion, it's barbaric, it's not very high tech. This is high tech abortion, and you cannot avoid it. It's being forced on our military. Mitch McConnell, every Republican dirtbag, every rhino from hell that frankly quietly couldn't care less about this, they'll put out this is a great moment for the unborn and for justice and the Constitution. The reality is every one of them, they are totally at peace with giving Moderna and Pfizer the keys to our bodies with the military, what they're doing there, with healthcare workers, with denial of kidney transplants. See, people don't realize, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not affected by it so far. A lot of people, maybe some of you aren't, but a lot of people were affected by it. And usually it's the most devastating circumstances, like someone who needs a transplant. So I'm not going to spend, you know, the next week talking about Dobbs just because it's very simple, point and shoot. You're given a loaded gun. Use it. Okay? Monday, every state legislature. I, I would actually, like, you know, if we had a same party, the governors would get together, time it together. You have the, um, you know, the, just the power, the effect of 20 states or so. I'm just making up a number. Somewhere around there. In one shot, banning abortion. Done. You also have states like, kansas and kentucky that have democrat governors but republicans have super majorities and could override so there they they can do that as well so you you have an awful lot of states we can do this maybe they're going to do it i'm not saying they're not but more people need to call for that that is the immediate effect of this but on wednesday the fda is meeting on their future framework okay future framework And they are suggesting that they are basically going to abolish the need for any clinical trials. So a lot of even the better kind of conservative types, okay, better conservative types, they're of the opinion that, look, yeah, Daniel, this is kind of over with. I'm not focused on it. They're injecting babies, Oh, well, you know, Daniel, I'm not so against choice. You know, parents are stupid enough to get it. Let's, let's not block their choice. Folks, there's no middle ground. What we see with this shot is the minute a state endorses it, it becomes a mandate. Even if the red state government won't mandate it, but the hospitals will. For an organ transplant, they will. So now you have a six-month-old, they're going to mandate it. you got to react. you got to react. They're they're continuing it. And then now you have an endless barrage of fake variant shots. They're going to require that. They're going to say, look, Daniel, you're right. It doesn't work anymore. So therefore, if you had the Wuhan shot, you're no longer considered vaccinated. Now, all you guys that suffered myocarditis in the military to stay in, get the shots. Guess what? You're going to get Moderna's Omicron shot now. This is going to go on in perpetuity and they're going to have the cover of darkness because they're like, look, COVID's away." And by the way, the more this goes on, natural immunity is not going to work as much because this is not natural. It's a, it's, a, it's a bioweapon that's creating endless viral immune escape. So it's not going to work and it's going to get worse. The more you inject, the more you infect. It's a vicious death cycle. However strongly you felt about abortion, you have the right to feel that strongly about it. This is a problem by a factor of 10. Page 56 of Pfizer's FDA briefing document on their baby-toddler trial, they admit, they write in, in, in plain language, Need for a booster dose. Based on experience with adults, it is likely that a booster dose will be needed in addition to the three-dose primary series. So off the bat, they're starting this series is three shots. You know that. For the babies. And they're saying you're going to need a fourth, which means an endless cycle. It's written right there. And, and Republicans don't care. Uh, Daniel, yeah, I, I don't want to get involved in vaccines. I, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. Then they say, Blatantly, if another COVID-19 vaccine is licensed or authorized for use in the age groups enrolled in the trial and widely available such that it is unethical to use a placebo control, the licensed or authorized COVID-19 vaccine could serve as a control. They're basically saying that they're going to, hey, if we can't do a placebo, it's unethical to do a placebo because the vaccine is so amazing. How could you give half the people the vaccine? And half a placebo. You see? It's unethical. This is the greatest vaccine. So therefore, we're going to abolish this. And we're going to use the previous stuff as the control group. Which they already did. This is literally Joseph Mengele, Fourth Reich stuff. Violates the Nuremberg Code. Violates the Helsinki Accords. Violates any morals, any biomedical ethos and they're doing it in broad daylight it's in their documents and nobody cares nobody cares it's not over, I wish it were over I want to talk about so many other ideas we have this is accelerating and the more illogical, immoral, inhumane and illegal their stuff is and the more destructive it turns out to be the worse the censorship gets. So many people that I associated with before, they don't want to come on the show anymore. They're scared. Even the ones that were bold. They're, they're Everyone's losing everything. We have not rectified this properly in a single state. Florida's out ahead of everyone, headed on the way. More needs to be done. The other states are nowhere. Most other states. New Hampshire passed some really good bills. Tennessee passed a few. We need this. You need to contact all of your legislators and say, you will be made to care. This position of anything that has a nomenclature, vaccine slapped upon it, it is good. It is untouchable. It's an idol. Anti vax is now the new racism that it disarms any opposition. You can't do that. Oh, I just oppose mandates. That's not enough. Because, first of all, they're not effectively opposing mandates. Right? You're, you're having this problem in all red states. You're being denied kidney transplants and things like that. So it's not, they're actually not. It's it's, it's a cop-out. Anyone who's, who's like, the shots are okay, they're awesome, or maybe maybe they're not so awesome, but I'm too scared to criticize them, but I'm against mandates. Let me, uh, you know, narrate here. Here's the narrator. Dude, you don't oppose mandates because they're going on and you're not effectively fighting them. Because the reality is, While intellectually you could have that dichotomy where you think a product is okay or not so harmful or even good, but it's immoral to force it on someone, the reality is practically you're not going to fight it with all your heart and soul. And they don't. And they don't. But either way, that is no longer an acceptable thing. You cannot have a pipeline of stuff that we know is all pain and no gain, the sperm count stuff, the sterilizations, neurological, cardio, every last problem, the inflammation that it's going to induce, the 15 more mRNAs that they have lined up very soon, the endless COVID shots, every senior is going to get it, not everyone, but, but a lot of them, is that okay? Well, they're stupid for getting it, I don't care, let them have the choice. Well, let me ask you this. We all universally obsessed about abortion, right? That was the issue of the right for 50 years. Has anyone forced you to get an abortion? It's your choice. If you're stupid enough to get it, that's your business, right? No, of course, that's not a right thing. You can't have the government sanction and facilitate, even if it's not a mandate, death. You can't, you can't do that. And that's why we fought the issue. And God blessed our efforts, and it resulted in success pending state legislatures acting. The same has to be done. We need the same size and scope of that original pro-life movement to be harnessed for biomedical fascism and transhumanism and the vaccines and everything surrounding that the most important thing we could focus on. This is Wednesday's meeting. And yet, if we don't do anything else, if we don't fight this more, nothing is going to matter. Nothing is going to matter. So, there's a lot to cover here. A lot to unwind. But in many respects, there's not that much to go into. Because it's categorical, it's good ruling. The one thing I will say that ties in today's, today's theme, today's theme is what? You will, the level of good things, of nice things you will get and enjoy is commensurate with the level that you are willing to fight for it. So an interesting thing, that if you would look at the jurisprudence undergirding the Dobbs majority opinion, Every phantom BS right that has been created should fall. So that Obergefell certainly, okay? Because with Roe, at the end of the day, it's the person's body, whereas this is not even your body. You're asking the state for recognition for a license. No, I mean, the state has the right to regulate it, and you don't have, there's no right to gay marriage. It's not deeply rooted in history and tradition. It's antithetical. That should fall. Obergefell should fall. The tranny agenda. I talk about deeply rooted in history and tradition. Yet, you look at the courts, Bostock, and then a bunch of the opinions that they allowed bad circuit opinions to stand. A lot of the the um, bans on, on men and female sports, men and female bathrooms, the Supreme Court, with the current orientation, by the way, has allowed those lower, lower court opinions to stand. Okay? Remember that. And the majority opinion, but certainly as is to be expected, Kavanaugh's concurrence reiterated this does not do anything to Obergerfell and um you know some of the others uh, Griswold and he didn't mention but but obviously the tranny stuff and obviously, you know, for example, you have a right to homeless encampment. You have a right to um to prisons in Idaho had to service castration. It said that's cruel and unusual punishment. You know, all the cruel and unusual punishments, life in prison without parole for juveniles, for juvenile murderers, okay? And the death penalty for that matter. That's like sacred. The court will never overturn that. That is antithetical to deeply rooted in history and tradition. In other words, all of this stuff should fall. Clarence Thomas is always he, he that's what he basically says he's like the whole substantive due process should fall based on this and I found that very interesting because it's like usually Thomas cuts in when the majority opinion is weak majority opinion was very strong and categorical yet still he like found the need to like he almost lamented in there It was a little bit weird here you have this momentous occasion he almost lamented like we had this opportunity we didn't get rid of substantive due process Come on, chill, Clarence. You know, like, this is amazing. No, but he's right. The reason is that intellectually there is no difference. And in fact, the other ones are even more unjustifiable. Because at the end of the day, abortion is the woman's body. The other things are straight up, you're asking for affirmative positive benefits. Okay? But the reality is here that we are not governed by the rule of law. As Steve Dace always says, we're governed by the rule of political will. And and the judges have political will behind guns, getting the constitutional rights correctly on that, and abortion. They don't have that will on any other issue, even though the legal rationale should demand that those other opinions should be overturned. Now, don't get me wrong. It shouldn't stop conservative lawyers from trying. There's a treasure trove of lines in this majority opinion that could be used to undo an unlimited amount of recent bad opinions. And they should throw it in their face and try as hard as they can. And if I were them, I would smartly go to the eighth and fifth circuits and say, hey, you know, because, you know, the good circuits, at the end of the day, they're bound by the Supreme Court. So they couldn't go out on the limb and do what the Supreme Court didn't want to do. But here, the Supreme Court is saying it has to be deeply rooted in history and tradition to have a fundamental Right. That's where I would go. See, if you go to a bad circuit and then they rule against you, Kavanaugh, Barrett, they're going to play, play the shadow docket business. They'll just passively not take our appeal. But if we go to the good circuit and they're like, yeah, Obergefell is gone. Bostock is gone. I mean, Bostock's a little different because Cav- um, Gorsuch, like an idiot, enshrines it in statute in Title Seven, not so much constitutional right. He didn't technically go that route. But, but Obergefell certainly would fall. And several of the other recent uh things um, again with homeless encampments, uh certain things on on cruel and unusual punishment, the way they applied it, that should fall. But what would happen is the majority you would you would have to have a majority willing to downright take it up and reverse it. And that's gonna be harder for them to do. I'm not saying they won't do it. And this very court has taken up the bad guys' appeals of good circuit court opinions, and they've reversed it. We've had that in a number of cases. So I wouldn't put it past them. I'm just telling you the reason we got those opinions is not because intellectually they recognize that there's a constitutional right to carry and there's not a constitutional right to an abortion. They've always recognized that. It's because we created enough of a political environment that they felt comfortable doing it. We need to do that. If we would have done that on masking and all this other stuff, all this other BS, it would have happened. But we didn't do it. The Republicans bought into it. Most conservatives bought into it. They don't care. That's the lesson. It's not out of reach. We can do this. And we need to push on on other issues. Okay, so now that I've given you what I think is the optimistic blueprint how to harness this lifeline going forward, I do also want to parlay that against the pitfalls. And I know it's hard to imagine how there could be pitfalls from this. It seems like the greatest news ever, but those of you who understand me and you've been listening for a while, I think you get exactly where I'm headed that I'm always very reticent about elevating kind of the prominence of the court. The perception now is that the court is conservative right wing and the left's complaining about it. And what this will do is elevate the court to a point where now on 90 other, 90% other, ninety of the other cases where they actually screw us, we will be beholden to that. Look, you got what you want. Now you got to abide by that. And you know my belief that in the long run – Um, we are never going to have a situation where the courts, the Republican judges are ahead of the Republican politicians. In other words, what we can accomplish politically, you're never going to be able to have practically have the courts accomplish for you. It's just the opposite. It's what we will fight that we could accomplish. The courts will often more often be an obstacle. And I think headed in the future, if you believe that blue states are irremediably broken and red states are headed that way, if we don't, Uh, you know, save them. we got to be very careful that we don't allow the Republicans to make this a commercial for judicial supremacism, defending the integrity of the courts. I would say let the left go wild and and jujitsu the left and say, all right, you know, you don't want bad opinions? Fine. You're not going to abide by them anyway, which I'm going to get to in a minute. So we won't abide by them. Uh, We won't abide by yours either. So through that framework, I want to... Talk about the Bruin opinion, the gun decision, basically saying that Heller, which said that there's an individual right to own a gun, clearly applies to bearing arms on the streets, which is where where you need the self-defense the most, which is obviously that you could, you have the right to carry. So just this, this, this is obvious to most of you. I just want to make this point clear between the two opinions, the abortion one and the gun one their structure is different in what they're doing. The Dobbs opinion for abortion is a shield, whereas the gun one is more of a sword. Meaning, the, the the Dobbs one is not forcing any political outcome on anyone. It's just the opposite. Roe blocked the red states from regulating abortion, and Dobbs reverses that and merely says, no, it's a shield. It's like, look, you know, it gets it back to where it was It doesn't stop the blue states from doing what they want, and indeed, unfortunately, they're gonna—they'll probably just like, you know, commit live abortions on TV just to juice it up, and they'll—they'll get pregnant just to have an abortion, and they're gonna do their thing, and and nothing stops. And the courts not getting in that way, they stop the courts from getting in the way of the red states being red and doing what's right there. That's essentially what it did. Whereas with the Bruin opinion, with the New York case. that that was actually a sword that actually said no. in the blue states, you know the red states already were you know allowing gun rights more than ever. most of them now have constitutional carry. In the blue states, even with a permit, uh, you, most people weren't able to get permits. And you know, practically speaking, you couldn't get it. So it said, no, this structure of pretty much for most people denying the right to get a permit to carry, is clearly unconstitutional. Again, very categorical opinion. Really surprised me. Very good opinion. Um, Certainly follows the Constitution. So that technically has the effect of striking down all the anti-carry laws in all the states. And boom, that's a big deal, right? Struck it down. Well, let me dump a little bit of cold water on that for you. And I want to preface this by saying that I am living in one of those seven states affected. Okay, 43 states have shall issue or constitutional carry. Seven states do not. Um, Let's see if I can list them off the top of my head. Hawaii, California, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. And I'm from Maryland. So I would be ecstatic from this because this literally affects my life more than anything. There's a a ton of crime here. There's a big need for it. Um, Until now, I couldn't carry. I'm very into guns. I have the wherewithal to go out tomorrow and do it, today and do it. Yet, am I outside carrying legally? No. Why not? Okay, this is where you need to understand the dichotomy between the two sides. You see, when the courts did a sword against the red state, the ultimate sword was Obergerfell. You cannot, in a red state, define marriage as it was always defined. You must redefine it and affirmatively issue something that is fully within the domain of a state to something that's not a marriage. Within three minutes of Obergerfell coming out, you guys remember this, in the red states, you saw the pictures of the ceremonies. Done. Boom. Here it is. Done. Gone. Red states didn't... Put up obstacles. All right, so this is it, and then let's try it this way. Let's regulate it this way. Whatever you want, marriage is gone because the Supreme Court said so. All right. Conversely, in this case, Supreme Court landmark opinion, first time ever affirmed, even though it should be obvious in the Constitution. Boom. There is a categorical right to carry. Done. We're all out in the streets carrying concealed. Oh, we're not. You see, ironically... The left has the right, when it benefits them, suits them, they have the right construction of the role of a court. Not the role, not the Constitution, but the role of a court. Meaning, of course, what the blue states are doing is wrong. Of course, the Constitution is unambiguous. Of course, you have a natural right to self-defense. And of course, it's wrong. And the court got it right. But as we mentioned before, a court doesn't strike down laws. It's not like the statute is ripped out. They rule on one case in new york that that guy whoever it was that you have to issue some sort of permitting process your current process that basically says you have to have a good and substantial reason i forgot what the terminology was in new york that's the maryland terminology but it's similar thing in all those seven states where basically unless you could prove someone's like running after you with an axe or sometimes if you have a business that you deposit cash but aside from that the average person it's they, they will not issue a permit and you cannot you cannot carry so they're like, that process for permitting is unconstitutional. Okay. So we'll get a new process. What's to stop the states from slow walking that? Taking 18 months, um, giving you the runaround, making you take a very select type of course that you'll have a big backlog on, um, limit what you can carry, where you can carry. Maybe you say you can't carry anything more than 10. Rounds, right now most of the states like in Maryland, you could own and I own, but you're not allowed to purchase. But you could you could ship it elsewhere and then get it. So it's not there's no ban on ownership in New Jersey. There actually is, and ironically the Supreme Court has you know refused to intervene in that so far. Um, they could do that, so they can now apply it. All right, well if you want to carry, we're actually going to ban carrying not just purchasing in-state, but carrying something more than 10. I mean, I'm, I'm loath to say this publicly because I don't want to give them ideas, but if I were them, this is what they would do, and this is what they typically do. They could have a lot of weight because again, it wasn't like constitutional carry. Oh, you have a right to just carry. No, it's that you have to issue a permitting process that will more or less grant it to most people barring a criminal record or something like that. okay. What they're going to do is play a game of a legal game of catch me if you can. So they're going to make you drag them back to court for each thing. I want you guys to understand this is an important observation. It took 14 years to apply Heller to the right to carry, even though it was obvious. It took 14 years. Most Many elderly people for the rest of their lives, they died in a blue state. Or at least the seven blue states not being allowed to carry and defend themselves even though that right was obvious it was obvious in the constitution It was obvious in heller i i could be wrong but if the democrats behave the way we understand they're going they be like to behave they're going to slow walk this every way they can they don't treat it like oh It's like a dictate that you have to have right to carry, that it's struck down. Like, okay, they'll very narrowly define what you ruled on, and they're right on that. Now, they're wrong in the sense that they're violating the Constitution, but they are right, technically, in the way the courts operate. My point is this. Look, we don't need the judiciary to help us a sword in a red state. Right, Because there we hope to accomplish that politically. Where we need the courts as a sword to strike down, so to, believe, so to speak, is in the blue states. And I'm telling you, it is very limited application where we will benefit from that. And even if I'm wrong, and they categorically you have a right to carry, do you want to live in a blue state? So you have the right to carry a gun, but you can't carry your mouth and nose without a mask. Right, you see what I'm saying? We have more guns than ever and less liberty than ever, especially in those states. So, anyway, we're gonna have to evacuate from those states. We're not, in other words, the courts are not going to be as categorical as they are on guns with other things because guns is mentioned in the Constitution. Now, we've we've spoken about this before in natural law that there are certain things that didn't even need to be spoken. You don't have to say that a state can't cover your mouth with duct tape or make you walk outside naked, hypothetically, right? These things are natural law. They're obvious. Um, They're the basic definition of individual liberty. But they won't rule that way, I'm telling you. So it's really only guns that we have in the blue states if they don't slow walk, it, which I think they will. The red states need to be doing this. But this is why I believe on Ned. It's better to move away from judicial supremacism. And, that, and with Dobbs, that means embracing Dobbs. Look, Dobbs is not a, a sword, it's a shield. Every issue should be devolved to the state legislatures. Now, again, ideally, you shouldn't have a blue state legislature or governor that could denude you of basic rights, and you do have a right to go to a court as one of the options available. It's just that their opinion is not universally binding, self-executing on the states, necessarily. Um... But I'm just saying, practically, politically, you're not going to be able to count upon that. Okay? You're just not. You're not going to be able to do that. So, our point is, the things we want to ban, like the grooming, but I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, you and I both know that gr- trans transgender grooming is even less rooted in our history and tradition than abortion. Abortion has been around for a while, the concept. Now, it was banned in most states when the 14th Amendment was written, and that's the appendix. Alito wrote an appendix listing like 30 state laws. His point was, wait, you're telling me the 14th Amendment bans abortion, yet when it was ratified in 1867, (laughs) these states banned it. So what's the deal with that? But I'm just telling you guys... The reality is that if we get, you know, Representative Brian Slayton from Texas's bill passed in every state, and that needs to be an action item, banning them. If we get interposition, which we need, the states are going to say, you, the courts are going to say, you can't do that. And the Supreme Court is not going to reverse the lower courts. I'm just telling you. And all the more so because of the gun and abortion opinions. I'm not saying it's a, a, a curse, I'm not opposing it. I'm not. Being said over it, I'm just telling you, eyes wide opened, Kavanaugh and Barrett, among others maybe, are going to make us pay for that. And they're going to be even more reluctant on other opinions. Those were the big ones. They knew we wanted it. They knew we fought for it. And they gave it to us. Now we need to fight as hard on other things, and that includes signaling that you're going to do what you want regardless of the courts. Because in the future, every single thing... If you look at my January 2022 list of things I want to do in every legislature, my top 50, 90% of them will be struck down. Just know that. That's why I have a very different take on where where I think our messaging needs to be on the judiciary. I think we need to embrace it. Embrace it. And Democrats are like, Supreme Court shouldn't decide this. You're right, it shouldn't. And the case of abortion, it's not. Now, you'll be like, well, we'll lose the gun opinion. We're going to practically lose it in the blue states anyway. They're going to become gulags, right? If I knew that I had a Republican Party in a red state that would do everything I want, and then that we wouldn't have judicial supremacism interfering, I would pick up and move from Maryland. The reason I don't is because my family is here, My sister actually just moved to Florida. Um, The rest of my family is here. I'm not going... It's not... The the states aren't good enough for me to move right now. I probably will soon. But I want it to be the best state I can move to. And I'm still deciding on that. And I know a lot of you are in the same predicament, those of you who are in these horrific states. Let me give you an example. One of the action items we need. Yesterday, Biden... His Department of Education made a Title IX regulation that basically applies to all schools and universities in the country and says that if you call a man who thinks he's a woman, a man, let's say the the staff, the faculty, the institution, that could be hit up for sexual harassment. Now, what needs to happen is states need to get into session immediately. And again, you know my view on that. States need to have the ability, legislatures need to have the ability to always get back into session on whim and vote on something. And they should vote to make it a criminal offense for any state, local, or state-funded NGO to implement the Department of Education's edict. I'm just telling you, even if I were successful in that, the courts would go after it. So I know it really seems like the, courts, the Supreme Court is amazing after this week. I'm just telling you, guns and abortion, there's a reason for it. Because we fight for it. We fought for it. But commensurate with that, if we don't fight as equally hard on all these other issues that we're talking about. Particularly the trannyism. It's ironic that the Supreme Court is getting better on abortion, you know, the phantom right, but on transgenderism, the courts are horrible. Horrible. And that's even less defensible under Alito's standard that he just created. Really was always there. Glucksberg, he reaffirmed it. But the point is, the difference is that there's a lot more support in the Republican political system for fighting abortion. In fact, it's universal than fighting the rainbow jihad. And they don't want to mess with that. I'm just telling you, we all watched, like, we, our mouths were wide open in 2020. Wait, you are literally banning life, liberty, and property in its most literal sense, and you Supreme Court justices, with except for very in-the-weeds things with church capacity, refuse to get involved, refuse to call a spade a spade? Alito, to his credit, he gave a speech on this, but it's clear he didn't have you know the votes. What well, what it seemed like throughout COVID, and I think we have about 10 different cases to show this, you had Alito, Gorsuch, and Thomas, but clearly not Barrett and Kavanaugh. Okay? Why? It's indefensible. Same thing with, with the tranny stuff, the bathroom bills. Okay? The courts are striking them down. Supreme Court is not reversing. Why? Because medical tyranny and vaccines in particular, vaccines are the new racism, or anti-vax is new racism. Vaccines and the homosexual agenda are the most sacred things, and Republicans actually tacitly buy into both of them, fully buy into both of them. So the Republican justices are a reflection of that. It's not a matter of, Daniel, how can you say this constitutional? You just wrote this hardcore opinion they know. They know it's not constitutional. They know that you do have the right to breathe, the right to not be shut down and all that, and they know that you don't have a right to groom. I mean, certainly, you look at deeply rooted in history and tradition, states had some pretty – what would be defined by today's standards as some pretty heavy – so-called legislating morality laws. I mean, you had you 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 know to this day you have a lot of these antiquated laws still in the books, not being able to open a liquor store on Sunday even, you know, like, what do you mean? It's my property. I could that, that that's that's a partial shutdown in some respects, but no. I mean, you know, keeping with the morals of of the you know, the history and tradition, that was a big thing. And clearly, when we had the smallest government around, we had a very limited government back then, they had these laws. That's the reality. You could huff and puff. I know libertarians like sometimes um you know cringe b- by it, cringe around it, and you might not like them, but you can't tell me they're not constitutional. I mean, the founding generation had all that. So certainly it's well within the things to say um a man has to use a male bathroom and it, you cannot have this indecency in public of doing the grooming and the tranny stripping and whatever all that stuff. I'm just telling you, they'll say it's a violation of the First Amendment, and you will not have five justices siding with us on an appeal, or even to grant cert, even four to grant cert. Now, sometimes it's confusing, because sometimes you do have four to grant cert, but they'll artfully not take it up, because they know you don't have the fifth. So, the the only thing worse than denying the appeal is granting the appeal and then losing the case, because then you have a permanent strike against you. in in case law. So sometimes it gets complicated, but, but be it as it may, we don't have the votes. Again, this is not to temper your celebration. Celebrate. It's to affirm your celebration that you see that when you have all the ingredients, what are the ingredients? You fight for something. You have a united fight. You have a strong, united movement with an entire political party behind it. You don't give up. You get divine it's a just cause you're speaking the truth and therefore you are promised you will get divine help with it that winning formula needs to be replicated on so many other issues frankly as much as we're against abortion and for guns i think you guys agree with me that matter more at the time we are living in and we're much more in critical condition You know, in other words, like if I had to look at the abortion issue and guns now in terms of a patient, you know, you have like, you know, outpatient recovery, ER, ICU, ventilator. You know, we're on a ventilator on all these other issues, whereas with guns and this stuff, we're pretty good recovery. So in terms of a triage of what we need to focus on, expend our limited resources, and I would argue political capital, too. What I, what I don't want to see happen is for the remainder of this year to become a pissing match over abortion. That's the worst thing and it will distract. Do it, ban it immediately, and move on. Okay? And don't start with these silly bills of giving the mother the death penalty or something. It's just It's just not worth it. It's overreach. You're going to turn off people that are coming into our tent and are going to be very helpful on medical freedom, and it's really going to turn them off. It's not worth it. Not worth it. Fight smart. Fight on the issues that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter. And what this week has proven is God will bless us and give us win after win. So folks, let's go out there, take the ball God gave us, and throw some good passes, make some good plays. Let's score. Let's win. Let's celebrate. Have a terrific turbocharged weekend we'll be back same time same place on monday god bless y'all and thank you for listening